The Atlanta Braves drop a tough one on Sunday night baseball against the Los Angeles Dodgers and lose that series. However, there were a lot of great things that come, came out of that game on Sunday night, including a wonderful performance by Spencer Strider. We'll talk about that. Also give you our recap on the minor league system for the Atlanta Braves and who is shining down there. We'll cover all of that on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are locked on Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I'm your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves so you can be part of the conversations and any comments, questions, feedback that you may have for the podcast. And also, please make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube as well and hit that notification bell so you get notified every time we post a new episode. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, the Atlanta Braves lost the series over the weekend against the Los Angeles Dodgers. An emotional, uh, just tough weekend overall, but kind of glad it's over uh, for several reasons. And we'll dive into a lot of that on today's episode. thought there were also some a bunch of positives that come out of this weekend as well for the Braves, despite the series loss. And then we'll give you our minor league weekly update. Didn't have one last week, uh, so glad to get back to that this week. We'll go over the top minor league performances from the previous seven days. Before we get into that, I actually did want to start with a, a news update. Ron Acuna Jr. fouled a ball off his foot in Saturday's game. Didn't come back out for the ninth inning. He actually played four innings after the foul ball came off his foot, but uh, it got worse throughout the game, and he did not return for the ninth inning and obviously did not play on Sunday. He himself said that he could go on the IL just because he wasn't able to put much pressure on the foot. Braves have an off day on Monday before starting a series against the Phillies. I, I guess I, I would assume they're going to wait and reevaluate that after the off day and then make a decision on what they're going to do with him. Obviously, losing the best player in baseball would be a huge loss, but one the Braves have overcome before, but now you have Ozzie Albies out, obviously, so it would really hurt to lose Acuna. Uh, hopefully it's not that bad. Hopefully it's just some really bad uh, bruising. Uh, so far, all the tests that they ran, everything looks good, but could be without Cunha for a couple of more days here. So wanted to start with that news update. But then I want to dive into Sunday night's game because a lot to get to in this game. I know it's an unfortunate ending, but as I tweeted out after the game, I'm not hung up on this loss. There were some plays at the end of that game that, if they were half an inch in difference, the Braves win this game easily two to nothing. Um, but instead, a lot of things went the Dodgers way late in that game. They end up with the extra inning win five to three. But again, I thought there were several great things that happened in this game for the Braves to give you confidence 
long term. Yes, this hurts in the short term, the near term, losing that game to the Dodgers like they did, losing a series at home when Freddie Freeman's making his return to Atlanta. But overall, when I look at that game, you know, forgetting what happened in the bottom of the ninth and the extra innings, I thought there were some big positives to take out of this, the biggest of which was Spencer Strider. I thought he was tremendous on Sunday night. Big spot, Sunday night baseball, playing the Dodgers, one of the best teams in baseball, coming off you know, a, a very shaky outing for Spencer Strider. I thought this was this, – this to me – I didn't re- obviously I wanted the Braves to win, but it really didn't matter to me what happened after he left the game because of the performance that he had. It gives me so much confidence and so much joy going forward, knowing what he can do. And the line score, six innings, five hits, no walks, no earned runs, and seven strikeouts against a Dodgers lineup. I know is missing some key pieces. They have some players underperforming. But still, they give you good at-bats up and down their lineup. They always will, even the guys who aren't performing. You saw it with Cody Bellinger against Max Fried on Saturday. A guy not playing great puts up a great at-bat against Max Fried and comes through with an RBI. So they have guys up and down their lineup who are going to battle you and give you a good at-bat. And for Spencer Strider to do that and to have the game that he did, getting 16 swings and misses a night after Max Fried got 20 swings and misses. And it's just, I thought it was an incredible performance. And it was so uplifting and encouraging for me for him going forward and coming off a rough outing. He got 14 swings on his slider. Eight of them were swings and misses, which just tells you, even though he was primarily only throwing two pitches, he only threw six changeups. Everything else was fastball slider. And he was able to keep that Dodgers lineup off balance. And the biggest thing for me that I was looking for with Spencer Strider coming into this game was the fastball velocity. Talked about how it had dipped down almost two miles per hour in his last start. It was right back to his season average at 98 miles per hour on Sunday night. And something that I really loved, and I think it was intentional, he would sit 96, 97, 98 earlier in an at-bat, and then when he needed it, he would go to 100 instead of just coming out of the gate, you know, throwing 99, throwing 100 every fastball and then losing that later in the game. It seemed like this game, he picked his spots more of when he geared it up for that 100 miles per hour. In fact, he hit 100 miles per hour in the sixth inning. So that to me, I think if that was intentional and I have no reason to believe that it wasn't, that to me is a huge development for Spencer Strider for him going forward. If he can learn to utilize that and do that and not go full bore right out the gate, but instead, you know, throw 96, 97, still very good and be able to get through a lineup two or three times with that and have 100 in your back pocket when you need it. That is incredible for Spencer Strider if he's able to do that going forward. And I guess that's why I am so excited about this outing and about the future of Spencer Strider because I thought that was big for him. The velocity not only was back, but the fact that he was able to turn it up a notch when he needed to later in the game, again, I think that is huge for his development. So, And I love the fire that we saw from Spencer Strider coming in the sixth inning. The fact he had second and third, one out, gets a ground ball with the infield in, 
uh, to ground out and then gets a big strikeout. And the fire from Spencer Strider coming off the mound, that had me absolutely lit in this game, watching it on my couch, had me jumping off the couch, couch fired up. I loved that emotion from Spencer Strider right there. I love that Brian Snicker allowed him to get out of that inning. A young pitcher, you could have very easily seen Snicker come in and, and throw a McHugh or O'Day, which we'll talk about later. But instead, he lets Strider work out of it, and he gets out of that sixth inning. I loved that. That was maybe my favorite moment of the game. As far as the offense for the Braves in this one, not a lot, but they were going up against maybe the best pitcher in all of baseball this year and Tony Gonsolin. He certainly is up there in the NL Cy Young discussion. A big at bat for Ozuna. He had another two-out hit. That's back-to-back games with big clutch hits for Marcel Ozuna. And then Austin Riley with a sack fly. The Braves had uh, second and third with one out. Travis Darnot grounds out on the infield and can't get the run home. And then Austin Riley in a two-strike count gets a slider down and away and is able to get under the ball and lift it out to center field for a sack fly. I thought that was a great at bat and some a great job of manufacturing a run. You know, the home run ball was not there for the Braves on this night, and they were still able to manufacture a couple of runs. Again, I can say really good starter. The only If you're going to get mad at the offense for this, and I think you have a, a right to, is the fact that once they got Gonsolin out of the game, I thought they did a great job getting him out of there. They weren't able to take advantage of the Dodgers' beat-up bullpen, particularly Reyes Maranta, and get another run across to extend their lead. To me, that is the biggest failure of the offense in this game. But overall, I thought they did a, a pretty decent job against a good pitcher of scratching some runs across. Uh, Travis Darno, two more hits in this game. <laughs> Taking that pitch on the double steal to set up second and third uh, with nobody out, that was huge and, and honestly just really hilarious. The ESPN did a great job uh, with the camera work on that, just seeing him stand still and prepare himself uh, to take the ball off, off the bat, potentially uh, from Will Smith. I thought that was great. Umpire in this game really made some tough calls against Braves hitters in big situations. Matt Olson, it was a really close pitch on a 3-2 pitch, um, but it it was a ball, at least according to the zone on the TV, and should have been ball four and possibly could have been another run for the Braves that inning. And then he had another situation. Michael Harris gets a two-out hit. You bring up Dansby Swanson, the Braves' best hitter, and it just completely took the bat out of his hand. Two of those balls that were called strikes were not even close in that count. So uh, again, just some, this is why I'm not hung up on this loss. Cause there's just so many little things that went against the Braves in this game that is just kind of out of your control that you can't really do much about. Um, Mentor, nice bounce back outing for him. Had some rough ones. Uh, three of his last four, he had allowed a run. Uh, so good to see him have a clean inning. Jansen gets the first two outs in the ninth. And then gives up back-to-back -back singles. The biggest thing is letting Chris Taylor just take second base. And so he does score easily. I mean, that's the tying run. And you just basically give him second base. And that's going to happen with Jansen because of his slow delivery. But then it comes back to bite you as Trace Thompson gets a ball. I mean, off the end of the bat. I mean, if it's – we talk about it's a game of inches. This was half an inch. If it's half an inch further out, it's strike three. The game's over. And not only that, if Matt Olson's glove or he jumps half an inch higher, then he catches the ball and the game's over. So, look, I, I hate it and I get the frustration. I, I didn't want them to lose this game, but there's just so many things in this game, especially towards the end, that just a little bit closer goes the Braves' way 
then they win this game. So I'm not that hung up on the loss. Look, the Braves can beat the Dodgers. They know they can beat the Dodgers. They've proven uh, that they can do that. This week for me with four against the Giants and three against the Dodgers was the Braves trying to prove that their big winning streak against teams below 500 wasn't just them beating up on good teams. They've shown me in this past week that they're more than capable of going up against the best in the league this year and getting the job done. For me, they accomplished that. Just a couple other notes in the extra innings. Freddie obviously comes in with a double that, again, on the line. If it's an inch or two further over, it's a foul ball. Again, just so many things that went the Dodgers' way and went against the Braves late in this one. But then I love that Matt Olson came in up in the bottom of the 10th and came right back with an RBI hit of his own. I thought that was a huge uh, hit for Olsen to do something big in a clutch situation like that. I don't feel like he's come through as many times as I would like in those situations. So I thought that was huge. Michael Harris was just some outstanding defensive plays in this game. I mean, just incredible balls. I thought he had no chance at getting to. There's at least three in this game where I thought he had no chance and he gets to him. So continuing to love him out in center field. And then the questionable decision of the game is why did you go to, why did Brian Snicker go to Darren O'Day in the 11th when you had Jackson Stevens ready? You end up bringing him in later in this inning. That to me is the only real questionable decision for Snicker in this one. I don't know why he just didn't start Jackson Stevens in the 11th. May not have mattered, may not have made any difference, but I just don't understand that. You got Jackson Stevens ready to go. He's the guy that can give you multiple innings and you're already in extras. Why not send him out there? Uh, and see you know, what he can do. To me, Darren O'Day has been getting too many calls and big spots here lately. I think you have to put him more in a lower leverage type of role at this point. But again, otherwise, I'm not, I'm not hung up on this loss. I hate it because you were a strike away, and you get a, a player gets a ball off the very end of his bat that goes just out of the reach of Matt Olson, and you wind up losing the game in, in extra innings, and the extra innings rule is just a, a toss-up. It's a crapshoot right now. Uh, for the Braves, who have not been very good with that role, that new rule. So it is what it is, but I thought there was a lot of great things that came out of the game on Sunday night. So hopefully you don't get too hung up on the loss. Hopefully I make you feel a little bit better after what was a frustrating ending to that game for sure. I want to get into the rest of the weekend's actions uh, after the break. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our next partner, Athletic Greens, a product I use literally every day. I've already taken it this morning. I started taking it because I wanted to improve uh, my gut health, something that I, I struggle with as I get older. And with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absor- absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover that cost him nearly $100 a day. So he created Athletic Greens after this experience to make things easier for you. And right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
This episode is also brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's Bench Jewelers then handcraft the perfect engagement ring and making each ring a one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Braves listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Just use the code Locked On at checkout. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, chips free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. It was an emotional weekend in Atlanta for sure with Freddie Freeman's return. And look, we talked about this on the postcast. Grant McCauley, obviously part of the media there to see a lot of this. And I just think the the word that came to mind watching this unfold on Friday was bizarre. I've never seen anything like this with and I know emotion and Freddie Freeman's an emotional player, and there's nothing wrong with that. And he didn't want to come out and, and say it. And he even said as much, you know, he's just not ready to talk about regret right now. There's clear regret with Freddie Freeman and the fact that he is not with the Atlanta Braves. And it's just so odd to see a player who so badly wanted to be with a team and things just fell apart. And I think he knows that the blame is on him for letting it, you know, get to that point and for letting his agents take control and for not being more proactive in the negotiations. Um, yes, you can place some blame on the Braves for you know, not being more aggressive and giving Freddie Freeman what he wanted. But uh, at the same time, uh, it's a business, and we all know that. And I think the Braves made a fair offer, not much different than the offer the Dodgers gave him. And Freddie Freeman knows that he messed up in all of this. And he knows that's why he's no longer a part of this organization, that he does clearly love so deeply and wish that he was a part of so it's just a bizarre bizarre situation for freddie freeman and it's got to be weird for his dodgers teammates as well to know that you got a guy here who is and look when freddie freeman takes the field you saw it over the weekend he's going to do the best that he can for his team but he clearly doesn't want to be there he clearly wants to be in atlanta and so it's just so weird to see and so bizarre you know, that was kind of my takeaway from all this on the weekend. I mean, this is a guy that is hurting and hurting badly because of how things went down. Um, I think it would have been different if the Braves had given him, you know, a very low ball offer and just not been very aggressive. But the fact that they gave him, I think, what his market determined for, a you know, a 32-year-old first baseman. And he overplayed his hand and his agents, you know, hurt him badly in those negotiations and were not clear and up front with what was going on and he knows that he messed up because he did not step in and that's why he's no longer with the team that he wanted to be with and I think that's very clear at this point in time and became even more clear over the weekend so uh just weird but I, I was I was very pleased and, and glad I asked you all on Friday if you were going to the game 
you know, to be respectful, show Freddie the appreciation he deserves. And I thought Atlanta fans did just that. I was very proud uh, of the fans there over the weekend. As far as the game on Friday, it was kind of mad. You know, there wasn't really wasn't much uh, to talk about from that one. Ian Anderson was not great. The Braves had a couple of chances early against Julio Arias, but then he kind of settled in in that one. Uh, the Braves dropped that game on Friday, but that was more about Freddie Freeman's return than anything. On Saturday, you had Max Freed, your ace, come out and throw just a dominating performance. 20 swings and misses, uh, the most that he has had this year. Um, you know, he became that stopper that you need to get the Braves a big win there in this series. Almost got through the seventh inning. I mentioned earlier the great at-bat by Bellinger against Max Freed there. He sneaks one through the infield. And Max just can't get through that seventh inning. Braves end up blowing that game as well. A 3 nothing lead that they blow. But then Ozuna with a big home run uh, to come right back. Again, a big weekend for Ozuna, who had some big hits uh, in Saturday and Sunday's games. Dansby with a big homer in that game as well. Going up against Trey Turner, those two battle out for the starting position at the All-Star game at shortstop. Uh, I thought Austin Riley had some great at-bats this weekend. I mentioned the sack fly he had on Sunday. There was also uh, an at-bat he had on Friday where he took a walk in a key situation uh, to keep the inning going. And then on Saturday, a clutch two-out hit after they had first and second with nobody out. Acuna got picked off at, at second base. It looked like maybe they weren't going to get anything out of it. And then Riley with a huge clutch two-out hit. And the only run the Braves scored that wasn't a home run in that game. Uh, I thought that was a huge moment there. And I thought Riley had a really good weekend. Had some really good at-bats against some tough pitching that the Dodgers have there. So I know it's a series loss, but I thought there were some very good things that came out of that series. Again, most notably for me is the Braves just showing this past week against the Giants and Dodgers that they can hang with the best. And that's really what I needed to see. And the Braves proved that to me. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including uh, Major League of Baseball season, which is now the number one thing going with the NHL and NBA playoffs over. But they have more going on there with UFC, MMA, uh, boxing, all of that. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. BetOnline remains the number one uh, best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so we didn't do our minor league update last week as I was on vacation last Monday. So going to get back to that this week. Let me know in the comments who you want me to add to my top 10. I think it's time to kick Darius Vines out of the top 10. So let me know who you would like to replace him in the Braves' top 10 prospects. But quickly want to go through the top 10 and how they did this past week. Drew Waters, 6 for 24 last week, had a triple and a homer, four walks. Uh, he's slashing 264, 316, 440 on the year with five home runs, 12 walks to 44 strikeouts, and three stolen bases. Vaughn Grissom had a monster week the week before. This past week, not bad either. Eight for 26, a double, a homer, three more stolen bases. He's now slashing 297, 381. 461 with 13 doubles, nine homers, 26 walks, 36 strikeouts, and 17 stolen bases. He's got to get called up to Mississippi here pretty soon. Freddie Tarnock, last seven, last seven days, five innings, six hits, no walks, one earned, and five strikeouts. 13 games this year, a 488 ERA, 100, a 1.39 whip, 
51.2 innings pitched, 23 walks, bit high, 57 strikeouts. Jared Schuster just went four and a third innings this past week, gave up eight hits, didn't walk anybody, gave up three runs, but only one of them was earned and had seven strikeouts in 13 games this year. He has a 3.53 ERA, 1.06 whip, 66 and a third innings pitched, 17 walks, and 74 strikeouts. He was the best pitcher in the Braves system this year, but I think Kyle Muller has taken him over. This past week, Kyle Muller went seven innings, gave up three hits, two walks, two earned runs with seven strikeouts. And on the seasons now in 13 starts, Kyle Muller has a 2.96 ERA, a 1.08 whip, 76 innings, 23 walks, and 99 strikeouts. Um, whenever the Braves need another starter, I believe it's Kyle Muller that's going to get called up. Bryce Elder started two games this past week. First one, seven innings, seven hits, one walk, three earned, and eight strikeouts. The next one, five innings, six hits, a walk, five earned, and seven strikeouts. So uh, not great in either one of those uh, outings for Bryce Elder. He started 10 games at Gwinnett this year, a 5.86 ERA, 1.25 whip, 58 in the third innings, 18 walks, and 59 strikeouts. I do like that he only walked a single batter in each of those outings. Again, that's one of the biggest keys for Elder. Right now, it's just that command and limiting the walks, but he is starting to get hit around a little bit more as well. But some big strikeout numbers. So, um, again, some good, some bad there for Bryce Elder. Braden Shoemake, 514 this past week, had a homer, hitting 272 on the year, four homers, 16 walks, 35 strikeouts, and five stolen bases. A.J. smith Shaver, five innings, four hits, no walks, three earned, and nine strikeouts this past week in his lone start. He started 12 games this year, a 510 ERA, a 144 whip, 69 and a third innings pitched, 86 strikeouts and 20 walks. And then Andrew Hoffman, uh, six innings, four hits, two walks, no earned, seven Ks this past week. So a very good start for him. Uh, 13 games started, a 248 ERA, 1.06 whip, 69 innings, 16 walks, 76 strikeouts. And then I didn't I didn't mention Darius Vines, who I think I'm ready to kick out of the top 10. So let me know who you want to replace. He went just four innings this past week, five hits, two walks, three earned, four strikeouts, has a 545 ERA and 144 whip on the season. 69 and third innings, 86 strikeouts, so getting a bunch of strikeouts, but um, not much else for Darius Fines right now. And then going through each team, top performer of the week at Gwinnett, infielder Joe Dunnan was 6 for 18, had a double, a triple, and a homer. Tucker Davidson, a good start, 6 and two-thirds, six hits, no walks, no earned, and nine strikeouts. And Michael Tonkin out of the bullpen. Three innings pitch, just one hit, no walks, seven strikeouts, and a save. At Mississippi, Andrew Moritz, 10 for 24 on the week, including three doubles, a sixth-round pick in 2018 out of UNC Greensboro. He's 25 years old, slashing 266, 374, uh, but just 329 with 10 doubles on the year. So getting on base, not a lot of power for Andrew Moritz. Justin Dean, eight for 24, two doubles, a triple, and a stolen base. And then Coleman Huntley out of the bullpen, uh, two games, three innings, one hit, no walk, no earn, and six strikeouts. For the Rome Braves, Jacob Pearson was seven for 24 on the week, two doubles, two homers, and three stolen bases. He was a third-round pick by the Dodgers in 2017. Luis Diavila, five innings, just one hit, but did walk four batters, one earned, and nine strikeouts. Dylan died. Also at Rome, six in the third inning, six hits, no walks, five runs, just two earned, though, and seven strikeouts. So a good start for Dylan Dodd. And then finally, at Augusta, Geraldo Quintero, who I feel like is on this list every week, had 10 hits this past week, including four doubles, 
two triples, also walked six times and stole three bases, slashing 272, 357, 444, with 17 doubles, four home runs, and 17 stolen bases on the year. Kedon Morton was eight for 20 with two homers and three stolen bases on the week. Cal Conley, seven for 24, a double, a triple, four walks, and three stolen bases. And then J.J. Necro continues to impress, moving into the starting role this past week. Six innings, four hits, no walks, no earn, and seven strikeouts. And on the season, 13 games, six starts, a 172 ERA, 0.97 whip, 62 and two-thirds innings, 15 walks, and 66 strikeouts. He's been really good. So that's your minor league report for the week. Again, let me know who you want to replace Darius Vines in the top 10 for next week. Finally, the Braves have an off day on Monday, and then they start a three-game series against the Phillies, which will be a big series as the Phillies aren't nipping at their heels, and the Phillies just lost Bryce Harper. Uh, but you do have to face Zach Wheeler in this series. So we'll talk about more of that on Tuesday's podcast. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 